Another episode of Soul Gab with Ash and Jazz. This is Ash. And this is Jazz. And what number are we even on? We're on episode 25. You can believe it. Oh, we're on 25. Okay, we're a quarter of a century. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or something like that. Exactly. So today, actually, what I wanted to discuss, if you don't mind, Ash, um, talking about karma. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because, and, and the reason why I came up with this idea is because as of lately, I've been adopting this idea of um, sitting in traffic and letting people get in front of me. Like, for instance, if say we're like on two lanes and it's like back to back and I see somebody wants to get on my lane, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just cue in and let them cut me, you know, purposely. Um, one of the reasons why I do that is because, um, not because I'm trying to be like overly nice and stuff like that, but I feel like there's a karmic reaction to that. And I would want somebody to do the same for me. If, for instance, if my car was giving me problems and I needed to get over and shift to the other lane, I would want somebody to do that. Right. Yeah. And that's something that like, it's more than karma. It's like just doing like random acts of kindness in a sense. Yeah. So today, as I'm driving, (laughs) (laughs) I was getting out of the complex where I work. Yeah. And this car was coming, but it wasn't coming as fast. But I noticed that the minute I decide to turn, it starts to pick up speed. Like, and I'm not talking, yeah, I'm not talking about like a little bit of speed, but like this guy was zooming to the point where he literally like cut me off and got in front of me. Wow. Yeah. And like and he was like a hair just a hair close to my car, which like made me very nervous because I was just like, I don't want to get into another accident again as an accident earlier this year. Yeah. I don't want to do this repeat again, having to call my insurance and all that craziness and get cops involved and whatever. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to blow it off and let it go. Now, I'm sure the other the other driver was probably pissed as hell because he probably thought in his mind that I cut a little too close to him as he was barreling down the driveway. Right. But, you know, it's all a matter of subjective perception. So, to each their own. But it, it just made me wonder, like, <clears throat> okay, he goes and he does something like that. What are going to be the ramifications for doing that in the first place? Because I can guarantee you, like, there has to be some type of ramification for you to have that much road rage to the point where you have to pick up speed to literally, on purpose, just cut in some in front of somebody. Just to yeah, but point. then it's also it's also like knowing the perception of like or having the using your empathy to really understand, okay, what's, what's going on for that person? Because when you notice people that are like speeding like crazy or like cutting in line or like taking out their frustration on you, a lot of times I kind of think, or I tap in, I'm like, okay, they're having a really crappy day. Yeah. Because that was, and it's funny that you mentioned that because that was the first thing that I thought in my head based off of that whole (laughs) reaction yeah, that that's like, what that was. Like he must have like had a bad day at work, yep. <laughs> and he's angry, and so I'm like the point center victim in his target, so to oh, speak. Oh, for sure. Yeah, which is unfortunate because you do pay for that. Like, I mean, there is a karmic reaction. I feel like to that to that type of behavior that is not so much of you planning the action that where karma's going to bite you in the ass, but it's the actions that you take, even the smallest ones, that has some type of ramification, whether that's good or bad. See, but I think that you uh, you always know. Like, when you say, like, okay, you might not know what you're doing. I, I really believe that deep within, like, we all know what we're doing. Like, we know if we're doing something bad or wrong or messed up or something that would, like, piss someone else off. Yeah, and that's probably more about like intention or what have you. But it's like when you out like when you're like mad or you're coming out of like a bad day or whatever it was for this guy. We'll just keep going with him as an example. It's like he knew what he was doing. Like 
you don't just automatically like slam on the brake and or, like go fast without thinking it through. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So to come back to it, uh, we throw around the term karma a lot and you know how I love to do a breakdown of where these words come from and what the definitions are so without further ado so karma is a spiritual principle of cause and effect where anyone's actions and intent influences the future of that individual so what is the most common saying associated with karma that you hear Ash? Um, let karma handle it. Or what goes around comes around, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the conceptual principle of karma originated in India, uh, especially in the Hindu practices, as well as in the Buddhist and Tibetan practices, too. And the law operates independently of any deity or process of divine judgment. So I came up with some strategies that you can put into practice to free yourself up from any current karma and manifest a renewed reality, so to speak. Oh, that's the perfect song in the background. <laughs> I just I had that kind of come through my mind. I'm like, oh, there's a song for that. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought about when I was like coming up with this topic idea because I was just like, man, Justin Timberlake, like, <laughs> right, like talk about a throwback. Tell me if it's too loud. No, it's not. It's good. So. One of the strategies on how to like free up any current karma that might be obstructing your vision as far as moving forward and evolving is to number one, take accountability. Uh, when you take responsibility for your wrongdoings, you can feel the energy within yourself shifting. It's not always easy to do because the ego doesn't like to be blamed, but it will broaden your perspectives about yourself and the situation. Um, you will begin to uh, essentially see where things went wrong and you will learn how to react appropriately um, the next time should this situation occur. So oh. take an L gracefully. Oh, God. Then... <laughs> you know what that makes me think of. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Alexa, play Big Sean, bounce back. Yep. <laughs> yeah but I think you're right because it's like once you really are able to look yourself in the quote unquote mirror then you really do face everything that you've done wrong or that you had something that is your fault yeah and And then you see the repeat like you see when it's like the lessons from whatever that circumstance is because I think we've touched on this in a lot of episodes how when, oh, yeah. we, when we make mistakes or when we ignore the intuition, then you're able to really see it clearer with hindsight, obviously. And that way you can mm-hmm. use that to your advantage moving forward. But in order to do that, in order to see or recognize the patterns, you have to actually face yourself in the mirror. Yeah, and that's very hard for a lot of people, um, especially if you're the type of person that operates on a very ego level mm-hmm. where it's all about self. And so you're not willing to face the mirror and take a look at what what's really going on within yourself to have this type of reflection being thrown on you. Because that's essentially what it is. Like, you project whatever um, feelings you have inside onto another person. They reflect that back in some oh, way. Of course, yeah. And so I think is as long as you take that loss gracefully, you know, you learn from your mistakes, the goal should always be to make peace and take back that little bit of information, especially from yourself. So a little bit of self-education is going to be very helpful. And also, you know, you don't want to wallow in your guilt 
and having to stay stuck in the past. Um, as far as evolving, self evolution starts with um, progression in the present. Right. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, for for me personally, you know, in the situations that I've been. Um, I'm not the type of person to shift blame on the other person. I always feel like we've collectively, to put it bluntly, fucked up, you know? Yeah. And I'll own up to it as much as I can. And I'll verbalize it to that other person. Yeah, I'm always the first to, like, apologize. Like, for a while there, I felt like I was like I was the person that would apologize all the freaking time. Because I yeah. do tend to take a lot of the blame even if it's not necessarily all my doing, like you said, if it's a collective fuck up, but a lot of yeah. times I still take it all on me, even if it's like the other person did something wrong, but I still tend to, that could just be like the, uh, we're our hardest critics on ourselves. Yep. And I think that's what happens a lot for me. It's like everything that's happened, everything that's occurred, I always kind of go into that mind place where it's like, okay, did I, was I the reason? Did I fuck this up? And a lot of times I try not to even put the uh, the focus on the other person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it it's all about self-growth. So at the end of the day, you want to identify with what type of qualities that you bring to it that was devastating to right. the point where it got you to that point with that other person or that situation in general. Um, so that leads to my second point. Identify your karma. Are there areas in your life right now that feels stagnant? You know, and th- again, this goes back to looking in the mirror, looking within yourself to figure out and identify uh, your karma. Um, that also means being tra- very transparent enough to recognize what you've been struggling with. It can be your career, your love life, your family life, etc. For instance, Say you're in a love relationship that seems to be stagnant, like it's not going anywhere. Um, Reflecting total honesty of the obstacles in the relationship and where the problem truly is. It could be in your communication or lack thereof. Um, Or it could be maybe the person had a change of heart as far as where they're going as far as that relationship goes. Mm -hmm. So... Something else to consider. Um, what's another thing? Oh, so the next point is cut toxic ties. Um, life is already complicated enough as it is, so don't feel any remorse for cutting people off, no matter how bad you want to help them. I can't even think <laughs> how many times yeah I've been put in that position and and really, I think it's a it's an empathetic thing it's an empath thing because we always want to help our friends, our family, anybody that we come across oh, and, of course, and I have that happen to me like multiple times throughout the day yeah it, it, and it comes as a detriment to us because we're always trying to befriend the friend and and I don't know about you, but I had a tendency of thinking that my friends were going to be friends forever. We were going to be friends for life. Yeah, especially, like, in grade school. It's like, oh, this is going to be my crew forever. And then it's like they drop off or you get to middle school and then things change. Or then you get into college and then it's completely different people. And then the same thing happens after college. It's like we always tend to think, oh, we're going to be lifelong friends. Or even with, like, circumstances, it's like, this is going to be what I'm doing, or this is going to be the, the people that are around me. But as I get older and as I go through more, it's like I start to see that, like, a lot of people – and I think that's the sucky part, too, is how a lot of the times the people that are super close to you are actually the ones that screw you over. Yes. Oh, my God. Or, or the ones that you think, like, the ones that you think are real, like – they wouldn't have an ill like ill wish against you and then it actually ends up being people that are close to you yeah because oh my god i remember and this even went beyond even into my young adult life where um i, I made the mistake of confusing my work friends for real friends you know what i'm saying and, and i'm not saying i'm not downplaying the the friendships that i did had at work but 
I were mistaking them for lifelong friends. And that came to my detriment because a lot of them were students and they were learning the practice. They were learning the ropes in the hospital. And so, you know, there wasn't a guarantee that they were going to stay, you know, in my life or connect with me in that kind of way. Um, and a few of them, like, they openly burned me. Like, yeah, that was a real... and that's the sucky thing. Like, there's so many situations where that occurs, where it's, like, people that you're super, like, close to, and then it ends up being completely, like, opposite or, like, two-faced. Or, like, they always say, like, true colors get shown eventually. And I think that comes, that oh, comes with yeah. time. Like, as we experience more and more, it's just, like, intuition. It's, like, as you really, really, like, understand like how to read the energy or how to really like see beyond like just the surface or what people are projecting and then you really start to tap in and you're like whoa like they're projecting a certain like lovey-dovey like I love you and I support you and I want the best for you outside but then when the doors close and it's just like you and them like privately then it's almost like it's a different side or it's a different version. Same goes for when you go through something crappy. Like when you hit the bottom, all of a sudden it's like you start to really recognize, oh, okay. Like I see that people that I really thought had my back are not going to step up and support me. And then a lot, like for me, I've had that multiple times. Like I kind of shared that when I was on my bottom moment when I was in New Jersey, it's like you really start to see who really does support you or who really is going to stand by you. Yeah, because, and the funny thing about it, too, was that the one who did burn me, can you believe, like, I want to say this was back in 2004, 2017, dude. Dang. Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm on my Facebook, and lo and behold, the person that burned me had the audacity to, to ask for my friendship on Facebook. Dang. See, that's the thing, too. It's like, we, like, I don't know if it's an empath thing, but we don't forget. Like, I don't forget shit. So it's like, I always remember, like, did you do me wrong? And it's not like I won't give someone a second chance if they're, like, really, like, trying or making an effort or if it was, like, partially my fault, partially their fault. And, like, communication just got fucked up. But it's like, yeah, when I just, I never forget anything. Well, here's the thing, too. She went and we were very good friends, like extremely good friends. And I said something and she misconstrued it. Hmm. Um, so she she put she basically put a man between us. That's what that was. Oh, geez. Basically, yeah, she put an unavailable man on top of that. <laughs> I think like 2004 us. was like all types of like man trouble. Uh, yeah. So I was just like, <laughs> dude like really you're gonna put a man between us and on top of that she was married like she was freshly married right off the block um I never thought she was having extramarital issues like that like I really didn't but you know whatever that's that's her karma that's what she's got to deal with but I I was just so I was hurt by it because you're my homegirl you were the one that I like know me inside and out and I knew you inside and out and you go and you do something like that was like the ultimate betrayal and to that point I was just like nope decline <laughs> decline yeah. request yeah decline yeah, request you have the power to do that like we have the ability of like if we want to like give someone a second chance and like I don't know like sometimes I'll give someone even like probably to my detriment but sometimes I'll even give a third chance but I'm like no like now it's like no like one or two times it's like okay you showed your true colors yeah exactly so um which kind of brings me back to to this point as far as cutting on toxic ties is um you know you don't feel bad for cutting off people no matter you know how bad you want to help them and now this doesn't translate to being harsh towards the person no or cutting them out completely um because even that can have a karmic action you do want to cut people off by politely distancing yourself from them Um, especially those that brought more harm than good to your life um yeah especially like when we were talking about like the whole pseudo empath or like real toxic narcissists like you have to cut those people out and i like how you worded it it's like when you said like 
if they bring you more harm than good, like at the end of the day, like if you come home and you're like, every time I hang out with that person or every time on the phone with that person or every time I engage with that person, I end up feeling worse about myself or I end up feeling crappier. Or I just don't feel uplifted. Then you know, okay, something's off and then maybe it's a communication thing. But then if that still doesn't help or it's just like how that person is, because everyone like has their tendency to be like more like positive or not. And then you recognize, okay, you know what? This person is actually making me feel crappier and not uplifted because I'm sorry, like at the end of the day, like any single interaction that you have, it should uplift you. It should make you laugh and be happy. Now there is, I want to say, there is a healthy way to cut off people and there's a very unhealthy way to cut off people. Um, unfortunately, I dealt with uh, a narcissist who did that to me, who did it, who cut me off in a very unhealthy way. And given in context, because he is a narcissist, it wasn't a, a surprise. Mm-hmm. But the way he cut me off was by pretty much sending me a text and saying because and let me set the scenario for you so he had an issue and uh, we were going over it in details and stuff like that and I was giving him solutions so I was being helpful to him and then not even the next day um, you know I sent him a couple of texts which was very odd because he always responded back I got no response at all but he's openly posting on Instagram and so I'm saying to myself, I was like, now I know he saw my text. Like, why is he ignoring them? I said, hey, listen, you know, I know you saw my text. Why are you not answering? He's like, he's like, well, I'm tired of this shit. And I'm just like, where are you going with this? <laughs> but it was, yeah. like, it was that type of, like, a pattern of behavior that was just very off the wall. It was so bipolar in nature that, yeah, it was just one instance, like, you're being very appreciative and grateful for the for the nuggets I'm giving you and then all of a sudden you flip right and become this very hateful person to the point where he's just like okay that's it I'm just gonna cut you off and then boom that was it he blocked my number I couldn't call him he he blocked me off of Instagram yeah it was it went to that extreme oh yeah and I've had people do that like people that just outright block me it's like okay yeah like and I get you want to cut off the, you want to cut off the energetic ties, energetic ties, and that's cool, but do it in a very respectable way, and don't do it in such a way where it's just like bipolar. <laughs> it has like bipolar tendencies yeah, to it. Like if, especially if it comes out of nowhere, like if it's totally left field, and it's like you thought everything was all good, and then all of a sudden it's like okay, yeah, exactly. Like out of left field. That's how it's like bipolar. It's like whoa, like what happened? Yeah, so that's what I knew. I was like, okay, this one has clearly has mental issues and is going through a lot of things. And so I just told him, I, I politely said, you know, I'm gonna pray for you, and that's fine. I'm cool with keeping my distance. It's not a problem. Not even like two weeks later. Oh, what's up? How you doing? And yeah, I was just like, like you wow, forgot? really? Like, like what? <laughs> are you serious? Like, what? <laughs> You know what that makes me think of, though, Jazz? It's, like, the whole analogy that we always continue to use about, like, the tiger sitting by the pond, like, just eating the popcorn. It's, like, For real? oh, you you had to, like, go and dance around the other ponds, and then you're, like, oh, no, I like Jazz the tiger best, so I want to come back, <laughs> I come back to Jazz. Seriously, that's, how, that's exactly how I feel. Like, it's just, yeah. like, I'm just, like, just sitting here, like, just observing this pot mess that's unfolding right before <laughs> me. Um, but... Uh, going back to this, you know, you don't need to offer a long, draw-out explanation. Just right. politely cut someone. Uh, sometimes a, a simple written note of closure that wishes them well, even if that's like a text, is just that sufficient or a voice message. Um, now, keep in mind, not everyone, case in point... <laughs> We'll have the same emotional maturity in this journey. So be kind in the face of opposition is what I'm yeah. truly ringing at. Um, well, like you said, too, all you can do is, like, pray for them or love and light. Like, whatever your choice is, like, just kind of let it end. Like, 
because obviously people are going to be in their own way or in their own heads of like whatever's going on, like whatever they're projecting onto you. Yeah. Chances are they're going through some real heavy shit within themselves. Right. Which is why I didn't judge him. Like I never, you know, I understood. I knew his situation. I knew what was going on in his life. And he was just trying to struggle and trying to make sense of it all. But unfortunately he gets too caught up with that day-to-day mundane BS of what's going on around him. And on top of that, he has very, very unhealthy friendships with people that just don't add to his growth at all. Now, I don't know if this is done purposely uh, because they do say that narcissists like to keep uh, people in their lives that offer them praises and... Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, well, there's a reason why they're gonna hang around with like people that are like uh, more like loser esque. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that like, even people... a word? <laughs> I don't know. We make up words. Add that to the 2035 lingo. There you go. Loser esque. But yeah, it's like when people are already in that place, it's like of course they're gonna have to like make themselves like the king of the hill because that way they have all their people that are gonna like make them feel like they're okay or like they're better. Like, they need that praise or that validation. Yeah, I, and I noticed that, uh, especially in his case when we were friends, especially online. Um, I noticed that he kept a very tight group that would converse with him and leave comments, and they would praise him, oh, to no end. And What would be the opposite of posse posse? <laughs> um... That's a good one. I had to think about that. <laughs> Low life posse. <laughs> no, nah, we gotta keep that posse. That's our word, though. <laughs> yeah, the posse's gotta stay in there. Yeah, we'll think about it, though. But rolling in the deep, <laughs> <laughs> rolling with your homies. Speaking of which, I was listening to "Rolling in the Deep" by Adele today. I didn't realize how deep that song is. Oh, yeah, it's, it's deep. Why do you think it's got deep in the title? Yeah, for real. But, yeah. I, well, for real, for real. <laughs> Adele is an amazing artist, period. Like, she, yeah, she's a sure. great she's a great vocalist. Um, where was I? Side note, side note. Side notes with randoms. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the uh, uh, FR, uh, he's going to come up with a, I think he said the video is coming out for FR, FR. Oh, is he really? I yeah, I, I saw it on his Insta, maybe somewhere else, but like he said that that video is going to come up. And I was like, he just knew. He heard us. It's like we always like talk about that song. For real. Like now Wiz is going to like come out with that uh, video. <laughs> that would be so funny. Uh, you know what would be so cool? He gave us a shout out. Right. <laughs> like all those people out there that are constantly saying for real, for real. Yeah. Courtesy of Soul Gab with Ash and Jazz. <laughs> Don't forget that. And a random shout out to Brian and Tom. For real. That whole real, episode, oh my God, I listened to that twice. It was oh, just so funny. I couldn't stop cracking up at work. There's just so many like hilarity, like hilarious moments. I'm like, damn, like we, we had so many good nuggets. Yeah, seriously. Like, oh my God. I can't even tell you what's my favorite part of that whole thing. It was just funny. Right. Like, the whole thing was just hilarious. Hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, coming back to the, the, the next point I was going to talk about um, is to forgive everybody. Yeah, including yourself. Yeah, big time. So, to forgive is to detach and liberate your soul from ties. Uh, when you acknowledge the power of forgiveness, the easier it is to transform gracefully as i like to put it um bad karma feeds off of anger and resentment Uh, you start to attract more of these type of people angry upset and resentful um you wonder why you can't escape negativity when instead you choose to avoid the truth that is the very emotion that reels you in it's like those people that's actually was brought up born into a dramatic filled family 
<laughs> for instance. <laughs> and they're so used to the arguing and the the bitching and complaining and the crying that they start to notice a certain cycle starts to take repeat. So their kids, when well, when they grow up and they get married, they replicate or attract towards people exactly what they saw at home because for some strange reason, drama has become the comfort zone. Right. So in order to evolve, in my opinion, is to try to have the courage to get yourself out of the comfort zone. And first you have to actually realize that there is a comfort zone. Like you have to recognize, oh yeah, I'm coming from a drama filled place or, huh, I wonder why I always attract negative people or why I'm always like surrounded by drama. Exactly. That's precisely it. You know, what's funny coming back to coming back to the whole narcissist example. Yeah. Um, he would get annoyed with me because I was too kind and I was too oh, forgiving. Oh, fuck no. Like, I get that all the time, so. Yeah, like, he was I like. I can understand why. Like, I just, like, yeah. Just, he was so displeased with the fact that I won't put up a fight for him. Yeah. And, and, I said, and that's the thing, too. It's, like, people like that, like, they tend to think, like, you have, like something wrong with you like you just don't want to like they try to bring it out of you like they try to like see you fight or they try to like push you to your limit and then you still like that's what I love is like just staying calm and cool and collected like you can't you can't rattle me yeah good luck because you can't do that same shit with me I'll I'll make you feel so so hurt (laughs) I'll just look at you I'll just sit there I'll just sit there with a big smile on my face like now you can't rattle me. I'll just keep smiling. Yeah. So he would just like get so annoyed with the fact he had the audacity to equate that my kindness for a lack of, of a backbone. Oh, and yeah. I was like, wow, really? We went there? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like that common thing that people always say, like when you're nice, it's like you're a doormat. Yeah. And I don't totally 100% agree with that. I honestly no. do not. I honestly do not because that's such a subjective view. Yeah, it is, and it's like, go ahead. I can like if I put out the doormat, it's because I want to give the doormat. Like, don't call me a doormat. Yeah, that's the most like highly disrespectful view point of view. Yeah, that I've ever heard in my life, and that shit needs to go away because that's exactly why this whole world got its panties in this bunch and can never be happy. Yeah. (laughs) exactly well it's like let's start a new movement down with the doormat <laughs> there you go hashtag that down with the doormat <laughs> yeah so um and it's funny because i think that's the mentality that's being pushed onto um uh, the world yeah i don't want to even say to women or to men or anything like that i'm just gonna say to the world because um you have to learn how to forgive because it's not and it always goes back to the cliche saying don't don't forgive the other person do it for yourself kind of a thing yeah for sure and that's true but are we really truthfully forgiving are we just saying it because it's the right way? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, ultimately, like I said at the very beginning of this, like, I feel like we all know, like, what's going on for ourselves. Like, if you act like you don't, that's fine, whatever. Like, but I think we all come home at night and we all face our own demons or we know what we did, what we did that was wrong or what we fucked up on or when we have to, like, admit defeat or when we admit that we had that L or whatever the situation is. So in the same regard, I think that we ultimately know, like, if you ultimately forgive yourself, like, that does take time. And sometimes that means you have to cry or get angry or it takes time to, like, actually face that truth and, like, really own up to it or really truly forgive that other person. And it it takes different time for different situations and for different people. But I think ultimately, you know, when it's real, because obviously this goes into the whole like, this is a whole nother tangent, but it's like it goes into the whole idea of like, putting out a perception of like what you want people to see, or what how you want people to react or what you want people to like assume about you. But then at the end of the day, it's like, 
ultimately you have to live with yourself and you know what you're truly feeling, if that makes sense. It does. So the same, same regard. It's like, I can go out there and I can tell you, oh yeah, Jazz, I forgave all these people and I feel fucking awesome. And like, oh yeah, I forgave, I forgave. But then it's like, I could on and on if I could know that I didn't. Yeah. But it's like, people want to say that just like how we talked about, like people wanted to like make all these announcements or what have you, or just like say stuff to say stuff. But it's like, ultimately it comes down to yourself. Exactly. I mean, is it really resonating with you or is it just fluff that is just coming yeah, out of your mouth? Yeah, is it just stuff that comes out? Yeah, so that's another thing to also think about. So now to and segue. That's how, you clear, that's how you clear your conscious. Yeah, which brings me to my next point. You know, challenge your weaknesses. Uh, we often perceive ourselves to be weak in certain areas and stronger in others. What we don't realize is that our very own weaknesses can be our secret weapons of success and strengths. Um, They define who you are just as much as your strengths do. So learn to see your weaknesses as part of the total well-being package. Um, Don't make yourself a victim at all of your vulnerabilities. In fact, I think it was was it Brent Brown, the motivational speaker? Does that sound about right? I think it is. I think that's her name. In any case, she did a whole um, TED Talk on vulnerability. And I know you've seen it, Ash. You had to have seen that one. I think we had a whole discussion about that before, like offline. I don't recall. Yeah, if you go on YouTube and you search up the TED Talks on the power of vulnerability, um, she does this amazing um, walkthrough of what true vulnerability is and why people are so afraid to even expose it. But that to expose it actually makes you very stronger in a sense because it's, it's shedding light where few people want to walk into. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like it's going into the darkest place and then like shining light on the darkest place. Exactly. So um, I think embracing vulnerability, it, it makes you it makes you such a courageous person. That's one. And when I saw that whole TED talk, like it really resonated with me because for a very long time, I've always felt like uh, my vulnerability points were. Um, being very shy and being very soft-spoken. And I remember growing up and hearing all the bad things about being very shy and being very soft-spoken and stuff like that. And it wasn't until my late 20s where I realized, um, who the hell are these people who are telling me this? Like, what does it matter? Like, what does it matter what their opinions are so subjective? Right. Like, my shyness and my soft-spokenness is what defines me. So why should I feel like I have to pull back or put a different face on for the sake, for the sake of society? Yeah, you don't. So it made me realize, like, these two qualities are my biggest strengths. And that's how yeah. I've been seeing it my whole way through. Yeah. Well, that's what I grew up with because I was always the kid that was like, I heard left and right, like doormat, like don't be a doormat. Cause my, my grandma and my mom were always like getting called doormats. Cause they were super like, just like really, really nice. And like, you could never rattle them, especially my grandma. But like my mom, obviously, cause she was my, she was from my grandma. So that's how she was raised. But it's like, I would hear that all the time. Like, Oh, you're too nice. But you know something? Um, I've also came across that too, because um, my other degree, my other academic degree is business. And in business, it's like major shark tank. Like everyone is like after each Cut other. Throat. Yeah, it's so like competitive and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that goes beyond anything too, like business or any like career. It's like, yeah. or even just life. It's like people are all like, a lot of people are just out for it for themselves. Well, and I get that. Like you have to be selfish to some degree, but then it's like, you have to be so cutthroat about it. In one of my positions, I was told by one of one of my um, 
employers that um, I need to stop being a doormat and stop being so nice. And I said, well, define what's nice. She's like, well, you go on the phone and you, you have very sweet quality to yourself. And I said, well, how does that define being nice? Because your niceness may not be something perceived as being nice to another person. It could be very polite to another person or very courteous. Right. Yeah, it's also subjective. It's like, yeah, you can go by the textbook definition, but it's so different for every single person. Exactly. So I said, you know, the way how I perceived it is let's ask the other person how they felt. Did they feel value? If they did, then I know I did something right. Right. So I told her I shouldn't have to hold back who I am. And that's yeah, same that. thing. It's like I'm also very random. I don't know if that's like a quality, but it's like I know I'm random. That's good. Oh, variety's the spice of life. <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always been like, I've been random my whole life. It's like I look back and like, yeah, I've always been random. I've always been trying, like, because back when I did, I tell you the story about how I played the clarinet. No, you did not. I thought I did. Wait, hold up. You did touch on it, but you didn't really elaborate. Is there another part to it? Like, I'm curious now. No, I mean, it was the same. I think I told you. It was just like I randomly wanted to try. To, like, they had this whole thing at my school, like in elementary school, where they're like, oh, you can try out and try all these different musical instruments. So I, of course, was like, I want to do it. And so I tried all the music instruments, and then it was like they told us what one we got. And I remember I wanted to get the flute because I thought the flute was really pretty. And, like, kind of dainty. And I'm like, oh, that goes with my, like, myself. Yeah. And then I end up getting the clarinet. And I'm like, oh, the clarinet's, like, bigger. And it's, like, not as attractive. And so I got the clarinet. That's what they told me I can play. And then I went home, like, Mom, I really want to I really want to do this. I really want to play the clarinet. And so I made my parents, like, get me this clarinet. And then it was, like, I knew I was sucky at it. Like, I knew I wasn't going to – I knew I wasn't good. But it was more just, like, let's try this. Let's have fun. And my parents were fine with, like, me trying different things. And yeah. then it was, like, I got this clarinet. I knew I sucked at it. <laughs> and then I remember my parents were, like, you have to go outside and play that because it's really loud in the house. So I had to go out to the same, like, curb where I was that whole birthday party story. <laughs> crossroads. I had to go down to the curb. And I played this clarinet outside. And then it was, like. Yeah, it's just horrible. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not, I can't do this anymore. And so I was like, I pretty much was like a clarinet dropout. Because <laughs> I think I for did real. it for like, I think I did it for like two months. I'm like, no, it's not for me. I just can't. <laughs> I thought there was like a part two to that. <laughs> no, that was the whole story. Yeah, because I remember you were telling me how your parents like kicked you out. And it was like, okay, you're too loud. Okay, go outside. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know. I've always tried so many different things. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think about, and even with my, my whole history of, like, everything I've tried and done, I always am trying different things. But I think that's the secret to life. Um, you should always be trying different things. There's nothing wrong with that. It actually makes you very diverse, you know? So I'm super, I'm so diverse. Because I also did uh, pom-poms. You see? <laughs> Who would have ever thought of that? I was like, oh, I'm not going to be a, I, I didn't want to be a cheerleader, but then I, well, no, they didn't have cheerleaders in middle school, I don't think. But then I'm like, oh, I'll do the palm squad. See, now you can add that to your universal resume. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so going back to the point, have courage to challenge your weaknesses and take control of your karmic patterns also i want to make a note too um don't make yourself a victim of your vulnerabilities especially when you find yourself maybe daydreaming <laughs> about maple leaf stories in your head about how you're going to pay back this potential karma um all in the effort to like play on your sensitivities like i know i know sometimes i can find myself being like a masochist when it comes to my feelings and so, like, I'll think about a situation to the point where it could potentially probably 
and force some type of reaction, like an emotional reaction to myself. So I start like I'll break down, I'll probably cry, and I'm like, oh my god, like what did I do? Like what was I thinking? <laughs> um, if you do the same thing or you find yourself doing the same thing, stop that. Just tell your mind to fall back, like like chill out. Like there's no there's no rhyme or reason for it. And that was also me showing my vulnerability because I never tell people that. Like, <laughs> I never really like uncover that part about me but we'll keep it moving and you know just embrace your vulnerability and um don't just pay attention to your strengths also value your weaknesses because it is the foundation for who you are well I think the weaknesses too is again I just think it's so subjective because it's like we can think of like one thing like as a weakness like we both said kindness but it's like other people can see that as a strength absolutely yeah, so it brings me to my last point. Heal your debt. Um, I'm not talking about, like, your financial debt. I'm talking about your karmic debt. So from now on, take actions that nourishes your spirit. Carry out more acts of kindness. Um, don't charity on a monthly basis or um, maybe for, like, the holidays, you know, open yourself up to the possibilities of volunteering you know, at a soup kitchen or something like that. Um, then go back and alleviate any old wounds. Um, go back to those instances where you may have offended someone. Uh, one of the things that I recommend is like writing a letter to a person. Maybe it's not going to be mailed out to the person physically, but writing a letter to the person so that you can forgive forward yeah forgive yourself forgive the person forgive the situation and heal up that part of that um learn to accept your karma and carry out good deeds that counteract what you have accumulated thus far and what i mean by what you've accumulated thus far um if you're a believer in reincarnation and your past lives there's also karmic depths that are essentially uh, reverberating across into this life. So we also, if you're a believer in that, you have to take into account of those depths that are actually mirroring itself into this lifetime. So also be mindful of that as well. Um, especially if you go through a situation, you're just like, well, where the hell did this come from? Like, why am I going through this? It could be potentially a karmic a karmic debt that you're paying for right now at this very moment. Huh. Um, so by healing, you can evolve and elevate yourself forward. And that's the, that's the end, the end of the game, right? It's the goal to evolve and progress yourself and into a beautiful spirit where you're emitting love basically, and peace within yourself. I think that's the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, so I was, and to kind of tie into this whole conversation, um, I wrote a piece a long time ago for a blog that was just coming up, and it was a spiritual blog. So I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be very good. Then I could write this piece then. And in this uh, particular post, I was writing about how to heal any karmic debt that you brought into this life from your past lives. And I thought it was a phenomenal piece, of course, because <laughs> not because it was written to, it was written by me, but because, <laughs> because it was written in from a very soulful place. Um, I felt it was very, uh, it was going to be very helpful for somebody else who's, you know, dealing with a lot of stuff in their lives and they're wondering where is all this, you know, mess coming from? Why are they paying for these different things? And it's, and so I shed the light on it and how to heal yourself. And the letter that I got back from the main editor was, you know, it's way too deep. It's <laughs> It's not something that, everybody will be ready to read and look into and we apologize but your submission was not accepted and I was just like wow no this sucks (laughs) so yeah 
bottom line is I'm hoping I can share that on this woman from New York because um, not because I want to show it off from a very ego place but because that piece alone I feel like it's going to open up the dialogue on a lot of things uh, especially now people I, there's a big shift going on consciously where people are more inclined to look within right now and to evolve into a better person than what they was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So I felt like this piece, I had to look for it, but I feel like this piece is going to be very um, helpful for someone out there. Yeah, and you can share it. It's your site. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. I, I mean, I know it was very deep. I mean, I give it that. And, and I knew the... I knew that that was going to be a potential consequence um, because it was, it's straightforward. That's the thing. It's very straightforward, but it's such a deep piece because it's touching vulnerable, vulnerable points in a person's perspective where they, they're going to be inclined to question if certain actions that they're committing right now, how does it affect itself down the road? So, Yeah. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> I'm looking forward to posting that one. Excellent. All right. So you were saying? So to finish up <laughs> the discussion, um, bringing it back to the key points from the beginning. Number one, take accountability. Two, identify your karma. Three, where's my three at? Cut toxic ties. Four, forgive everybody. Five, challenge your weaknesses. And six, Last but not least, heal your karmic debt. So I hope everybody got a good fill in tonight as far as what is karma, how to deal with it, and how to respect your journey at this point. Sound good, Ash? Yep. <laughs> you wanted to add anything on? <laughs> no, I don't have anything else. Okay. All right, you guys. Well, it was a great show. Thank you for tuning in tonight. As always, be sure to look out for the next episode. Um, if you're not following us yet, be sure to do so. We're on Instagram, SoulGab with Ash and Jazz. Twitter, SoulGab, Ash and Jazz. And show some love for us on Facebook. Yes. All, All right, the now. above. <laughs> well, peace, love, light, as per usual. For real, peace. for real. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real.